0: So um, we are in a uh, conversation about the mission of the church, about the work the church does, and the reason for that is that um, what we've been learning is it's it's easy for us to confuse the the how and the what. The how that that we do with the what we are doing, and um, uh, we talked about that some last week. We're going to talk about it more this week, and. Um, uh, we're looking at these instructions that Jesus, Jesus gave the people that he sent out into his harvest. And, and that is an instruction for the church today as well as them. So we are looking at the instruction, the the, the the what, and that in turn will help us shape a how that fits our particular context. So we're looking at the what, and we know the what Jesus told us uh, is to go and announce the, the availability of God's kingdom, that the... The rule of God, the, the place where God exercises his authority, is available to us. Um, that is the kingdom of God. And we can imagine that the, the people in the first century would have had pretty much the same objection that, to, to that message that we, we would have, um, people in our era, which is, where is it? I don't see it. In fact, when I look around, what I see is a lot of trouble. I see, I see genocide. I see war. I see the the great problems of the world, terrorism and, and violence, but I also see the small problems of the world i see I see um, <clears throat> racism, I see a uh, prejudice, I see a crime, I see uh, 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 domestic violence and murder and rape and robbery. I see everyday small scale evil, and i 'm aware of the great evils in our world. so where is this kingdom of God because when I see the evil, I ask myself, where is God? Is, is there a God? Because if there is, why doesn't He do something about it? If there is a God and if He's good, why doesn't He do something about all this evil? And the answer that we have from Scripture is, the answer to that question is that Christ is how God is overcoming the evil in the world. That, that this is, this is the, the message of the New Testament that Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection is the way that God is overcoming the evil in the world so um, so Jesus sends us out as as his disciples to proclaim the availability of his kingdom that yes, we see evil in the world, and Jesus is working on that that 's jesus 's problem. We have a much simpler problem, which is to proclaim the availability of jesus 's kingdom the the realm in which god 's authority is exercised so Jesus says. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. I'm sending you out into the evil of the world to proclaim the availability of God's mercy and grace, God's kingdom. Because it is dark out there. It is evil out there. And by going out there, you will be proclaiming that message. He says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. And the reason for that is that God is not planning an evacuation. This is not Christianity. This is An evacuation. This is a few lucky people get to escape on the helicopter. And that's not what God has in mind for the earth. God is saving the entire earth from the evil in it. And Christians don't get to be helicoptered off to some safe place. Jesus says, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out into the darkness of the world as sheep among wolves. And he says, so beware. Beware. You will be handed over to the courts and be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. And it will even come into family relationships. It will divide brothers and sisters, parents and children. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. So why is that? Well, Jesus says, I'm sending you out into the world. He says, I'm sending you out into the world, not back. Jesus doesn't send us back into the world. He sends us out. And the reason for that is we are ambassadors of God's kingdom. That we are on extraterritorial land, wherever the church is, wherever the church goes, that is an outpost of God's kingdom. And evil will not abide it. Evil cannot stand the fact that it has lost ground to God's kingdom. So our second point, it's not your fight. You're not the one fighting. All you are is an ambassador for the kingdom of God and evil doesn't care that you're a non-combatant. Jesus says, you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. All nations will hate you because you are my followers. So he tells us, be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. In, in the first century culture, a, a snake—I I don't see a lot of snakes myself—but um, but in first century culture, I guess there were common enough people could think about them more than I do. But um, I was reading up on this, and and in in um, the, the the thought life of the first century, snakes were proverbial for their craftiness—that that they could kind of elude you by hiding in the grass, and then they'd sneak up on you and bite you or whatever. And he says, be that crafty, be that clever, be that good at avoiding detection but don't be a harmful snake you're not a venomous snake you're just a harmless little snake you're as harmless as a dove so he says act that way he says keep a low profile don't be don't be um uh, caught he says be be shrewd and he says if you are arrested don't worry about how to respond or what to say god will give you the right words at the right time for it is not you who will be speaking it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you jesus says don't be anxious you know, if you've got something coming up, do you, do you ever have the internal monologue where you spend days kind of telling yourself, "Well, when my boss says this, then I'll tell him that, and then he'll probably ask why I did." You know, and and you have that little dialogue that goes on. And you know, people talk about living rent free in your head. You know, Jesus is saying, "Don't let evil live rent free in your head. Don't be anxious about it. Just don't sweat it. You do your thing, and if you, you know, and and, and by all means, be one of those uh, crafty serpents, but." If you are arrested, if you are on trial, that's the time to worry about it. Don't worry about it until then. And he says, in fact, don't worry about it anyway because God will be there. Even though you feel all alone in front of the governor, in front of the king, he says God will be with you there in the trial. You won't be abandoned. And God will give you the right words at the right time. But Jesus also says this. He says, when you're persecuted in one town, flee. You know, we just sing a song, I will stand my ground, I will, I will stand my ground where hope can be found, which is the rock who is Christ, not this particular set of real estate. Okay? <laughs> that, that Jesus says, by all means, absolutely, get out of Dodge. Okay, when you're persecuted in one town, flee to the next. He says, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. Jesus says that, that you will not run out of places to, to flee to. Before I return, there's almost always some place that you can flee to. So he says, don't worry about it. And if you are if you are arrested, if you are one of those people who's betrayed by your brother or something like that, he says that everyone who endures to the end will be saved. And he tells us the reason is that when that happens, it'll be your opportunity to tell the rulers and the other unbelievers about me. That you can continue your mission, even when you're arrested. Remember, your mission is to proclaim the kingdom of God. Our mission as a church is to proclaim the availability of God's mercy and grace, the, the, the place where God's um, authority is exercised. And Jesus is saying, you just have a new audience. That's the only difference. He says, don't, don't sweat that. So he says, it'll be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. So Jesus does not command martyrdom, only honesty. What Jesus commands is not that you have to, you know, embrace your fate and, and you know, walk into the lion's den cheerfully. Um, but, but if you are put into the lion's den, let it be because you are honest, because you did not deny Christ. And He says the reason that they will do this to you is because students are not greater than their teacher. And slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher. Slaves are to be like their master. He says, since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household, the church, will be called by even worse names. As I was reading this, I was thinking, what's worse than calling somebody Satan? You know, who is worse than Satan? And so I was thinking, you know, that's that's a pretty extreme statement. You know, you're worse than the father of lies. You know, the, the author of chaos, you know, you know, what's worse than Satan? And Jesus says, you know, this is the reality of being a part of his kingdom. And we read in the book of Acts, this is what happened. Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 10 that this is going to be what happens. And then we see it all through the rest of the New Testament. This is in fact what the early church dealt with. Peter, Paul, all the, all the people we read about in the book of Acts and elsewhere in the New Testament. But it didn't stop. At the close of the um, apostolic age, we see it in the early church. This is a statue of the emperor Trajan. He was ruling Rome um, in 112 A.D. I don't know the exact years of his reign, but in 112 A.D., he got a letter from a governor, a provincial governor named Pliny the Younger. Pliny wrote a lot, and we've got a lot of his letters, and so we're able to see the way he was responding to a problem. See, Trajan had said, "I want you to stamp out Christianity in your in your in the area where you're governing." And uh, he wrote back a letter. Uh, Pliny wrote back a letter saying to the emperor, he said, "Well, I've never part- before participated in trials of Christians, so I don't know what offenses are to be po- punished or investigated, or to what extent. You didn't give me enough information to know how to prosecute these Christians." But he says, "But I'm not pushing back. I'm not, you know, I'm not being passive-aggressive here. I'm doing what you told me." He says, "Meanwhile, in the case of those who were denounced to me as Christians, I have followed the following procedure." I interrogated them as to whether they were Christians. Those who confessed, I interrogated a second and third time, threatening them with punishment. You know, do you want to reconsider your answer? Mm -hmm. Those who persisted, I ordered executed, because I still don't understand this Christianity stuff and what your problem is with it. But whatever the nature of their creed, stubbornness and inflexible Obstinacy surely deserved to be punished. <laughs> so he goes on and talks about some of the some of the cases, and he says um, some others named by the informer declared that they were Christians, but then denied it. So when they got that second chance, they they denied it, asserting, "Well, I I was." They they said they had been, but they had ceased to be. Some three years before, others many years. And they all worshiped your your image and the statues of the gods and cursed Christ. So there were some people who, given the opportunity to confess Jesus, chose not to. And so he got more and more confused. So he says, I judged it all the more necessary to find out what the truth was by torturing two female slaves who were called deaconesses. But I discovered nothing else but depraved excessive superstition. They just have these weird beliefs. He says, they are no threat to the empire. Well, we know historically it did not end with Pliny the Younger and Trajan. Just last month we prayed for this man, the Reverend Lawan Andimi from Nigeria. He was uh captured by a group calling itself the Islamic State in West Africa and uh he was executed in a video um, a couple of weeks ago. This week in Nigeria there are there have been protests uh asking the government to do more to protect Christians who live in the the central and northern parts of the country, asking them to to do more to protect people like the Reverend Andimi. I don't know if you can read the the signs uh, that they're holding up, but a lot of the signs are referring to this young woman. Her name is Leah Sharabu. We just prayed for her. She was one of the people, you may remember a couple of years ago, about 115 girls were kidnapped by um, uh, Boko Haram, and uh, most of them have been returned. A few, a few uh, were killed, but the the government of Nigeria has reason to believe that Leah is still alive, and so she is still with the captors. And so um, the the protest, the placards were saying um, to free Leah. And we don't know if Leah has been killed, but they believe she has not. We know there are other people who have been killed. This is Mary Machief and her daughter um, who were killed in December um, by uh, one of the radical groups in the north of Nigeria. This is still going on in our world today. And Nigeria, according to people who rate these things, is only the 12th worst country in the world for the way it treats Christians. So there are 11 countries that are worse. And in the face of all those things, Jesus says, Don't be afraid of those who threaten you. For the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. He says, the message I've given you, the availability of the kingdom of God, what you cannot see with your eyes, but what my church is commissioned to proclaim, that will be made known to all. What I tell you in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. I read a little bit of the letter from Pliny to Trajan. It goes on. He says, I therefore postpone the investigation and hasten to consult you after he finished torturing the two deaconesses. He says, For the matter seemed to me to warrant consulting you, especially because of the number involved. How big of a bloodbath do you want? For many persons of every rank, age, and also of both sexes are and will be endangered. This superstition is spread not only to the cities, but also to the villages and farms. And then he said, but it seems possible to check and cure it. Well, he might have been right about how far it had spread, but he was wrong about whether it was possible to spread it. See, the ingenious insight of Jesus... I don't know if Jesus originated this um, in a theological sense. all truth comes from the Word of God, but I don't know if Jesus, the, the, the human Jesus walking on Earth, was the first person to realize that power depends on intimidation. and if your currency is intimidation, what do you do with people who can't be intimidated? This is a problem that has beset rulers of the world ever since the days of Trajan and probably long before. We remember it in the story of how Gandhi uh arrested control of the British Empire from uh, arrested control of India from the British Empire. We saw it at Tiananmen Square. We can see it every weekend in France as the yellow vests go out and protest the injustices that they perceive their government is party to. We see it in Hong Kong. I was reading something that said how the the protests in Hong Kong were in part because um, the government of China has made it illegal to wear face masks, and now everybody in China is wearing face masks. That's a terrible thought. Sixty years ago this week, these four gentlemen sat down at a lunch counter at a Woolworth in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was the beginning of the Greensboro sit-ins. And today, a piece of that lunch counter is in the Smithsonian Museum. Because this ingenious idea that if you simply refuse to be intimidated can change the world. But Jesus goes beyond that. Jesus says that kind of that kind of nonviolent noncooperation takes amazing curiosity. Uh, uh, uh courage it takes amazing courage. But he tells his followers, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, not a sing- but not a s- single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Jesus says the only thing you will ever have to fear is God, and God loves you. God knows every hair on your head, and you are more valuable to him than anything else. He says, don't fear those who will destroy the body. And he says, and I will go first, and I will show you the way. So our next point, Jesus goes first, and he shows us the way. The New Testament refers to Jesus uh, periodically as the lion of the tribe of Judah. But in the book of Revelation, we see what that means by that. Because it says that Jesus is the lion. A voice speaks, and the, the visionary, John, the visionary, he says, he heard this, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory, has changed the world. And so he is worthy to open the scroll. But when he looks He does not see a lion. When he looks, I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing. Jesus says this promise is available to everybody. Because of what he has done, the lambs who are slaughtered will stand. Discipleship boils down in the final analysis to following a slain lamb and realizing it may entail our own slaughter. But we are not to be afraid because God knows every hair on our head. It may not cost us our life the way it did Mary Machief and Lawan Andibi, those two deaconesses that Pliny the Younger tortured. But it will cost you something. Discipleship is never free. It may cost you your job or it may cost you your business. This man is the Reverend Frank Schaefer. A few years ago, he conducted a marriage, a wedding ceremony for two men. One of them was his son. And because of that, he was disciplined by the Methodist Church, and he was defrocked. His, his um, uh, ordination credentials were revoked. This man is Jack Phillips. He's the proprietor of the Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado. Both of these men did what they thought God was calling them to do. Now, I don't see how they can both be right. But, you know, I'm not even sure that that's the point. Jesus says, everyone, everyone, Who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Jesus doesn't call us to be great theologians, to get everything figured out about what exactly our faith calls us to do. He says simply, do you trust me? Because I have gone first, and I will show you the way. And my way will change the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our lives are so easy compared to so many Christians around the world and down through the years, Lord. Help us to appreciate what you have given us. Help us to appreciate those who have come before us and who have made our lives so easy. Help us to appreciate that real oppression is not a clerk at target saying happy holidays. Real oppression is what faces so many people around the world, even today. Lord, we pray for them, and we pray that you would give them the grace that they need in the different circumstances of their lives. We pray that you would influence the government of Nigeria. We realize that no no argument is ever one-sided, Lord, but from this distance, Lord, we see so much that the government could be doing to protect the people in the north and in the central part of the country. So we pray for the church there and in every land where it is persecuted. But we also pray, Lord, for ourselves that when our particular trial comes, when when we have our cake shop or our ministry threatened by what we do next, that you would give us the grace to be faithful And endure to the end. We pray it through Christ our Lord. Amen.